Have you ever killed a lion and a bear? God asked me this question about three weeks ago, sitting in the service on one Sunday morning. It just brought to my mind about David slaying the giant, and then the bear and the lion. And I said, okay, Lord, you're trying to show me something about this lion and the bear. What, what is it? But at that time, all I got was that if David hadn't slew the lion and the bear, he wouldn't have had the fate to take on the giant. But because he had slew the lion and the bear, it gave him the fate that he needed to take on the giant. And so the Lord just kind of, over oh, the next few days, just showed me what I feel like he was trying to show me. And this is not very long, not very detailed. I, you want me to try to take longer than this to get these podcasts down, but I felt like the Lord said, no, just just put it on out there. I, just, just get it on out. So maybe it's be enough to, you can grasp the meaning of this and what God is speaking to all of us about. And then maybe you can take it and you don't make it fit your own life in your own situation. But have you ever killed a lion? and a bear. 1 Samuel 17, 34, 35, and 36. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him That's something I think to stop and think about. He, David went after him. He didn't just sit there and go and panic. Oh, what am I going to do? He went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, so he come, the lion and the bear came against David. He, David went after him, and he rose against him. There was a fight involved here. David said, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, in other words, this dude that's not spiritual. This dude that's evil. This dude that's unrighteous. This dude that's immoral. This dude that's ungodly shall be as one of them. Seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Now in this situation, the sheep is going to represent our family. This is the way that God gave it to me. The lion and the bear came to steal, kill, and destroy some of the sheep or family members. To us in this day, the lion and the bear represent the devil 
and his agents and the spirit of this age. Be aware of the spirit of this age that's coming against our families, our children, our loved ones, all of us. The spirit of this age it's a deceptive spirit, deceptive age. And the Bible speaks about it plainly. So the spirit in 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, he's not your friend, he's your adversary. He's your enemy. He's coming to destroy you and what belongs to you. But he has a roaring lion. Walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. He's eyeing you, he's eyeing me, he's eyeing our wives, he's, in, he's eyeing our children. He's just eyeing, walking about, just seeing whom he may devour. Whew. What are we going to do about it? Are we going to be a David? Are we going to run? Are we going to go after him? Are we going to take him by his beard and slay him? Whew. We got up every morning, looked out our front door. And down the street, we saw a lion over here and a bear over here and looked further down, saw another bear and another lion looked over here. I know exactly what we would do. We would close our doors get everybody in the house, lock every window, lock every door. We'd call the police, we'd call our neighbors, we'd call everybody, we'd put it on, y'all put it on Facebook, I don't have Facebook, but we'd put it out under the lion and the bears all over the place, all over the street. Don't let your kids out of the house. Be careful where you go. Be diligent, be alert. Get your guns, load them. That's exactly what we would do in the physical. But I'm here to tell you in the spiritual, that situation is the same. If we could just see what's out there. With a lot of these lions and bears, they're invisible. And we can't see them. We have to discern them. And that's the reason <clears throat> that the Spirit told us what it did to be vigilant, be sober. But they're constantly, these spiritual lions and bears are constantly stalking our families and our children. And the lions and the bears of this world are getting too many of our family members. So we must do as the Scripture says, we must be sober. That means understand, must have an understanding of things in our world and our times, and you'll get it out of the Bible. Must be vigilant, in other words, we must be praying and watching, as the scripture says. Must be aware, be on the lookout. Don't just get up every day and be casual about your day and how you start your day and, and what your children are doing, where they're going and who they're with and what they're watching and 
On and on we could go. We must fight 24-7. Keep ourselves thinking right. This is not in my notes. I had thought about saying it and I thought, no, nah, I don't want to push myself into this too much, but I really can't feel like the spirit bumping me right here. But in my home, we haven't always done this. We've, we've been doing it now for the last few years. Before we start our day, before the first person leaves the house, I pray this prayer. It's the same prayer every morning. It don't change much. But it's a covering. This is not only praying that I do, but this is just my covering. I thank the Lord for His Word. I thank the Lord for His truth. I thank the Lord for His peace and His provisions. I thank Him for fighting our battles and our situations for us every day. And I'm thankful for the name of Jesus, that name that all power in heaven and earth is given unto. And I say, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ this day over me and my wife, Diana and Justin, Bendy, Everly, little RJ that's on the way, Nathaniel, Andy, Hattie, and Skyler. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over them and I cover them with a covering of the blood, the spirit, the prayer, shield of faith, and the word of God. Then as time went on, I added this. Any fiery darts in our way today, Lord, just send it right back where it come from. In the mighty name of Jesus. Then I added this. I begin to notice little things happen here and happen. The devil aggravates you any way he can. Through your kids, just through anything. Through yourself. Get you aggravated. I said, so now I pray, I rebuke any attack or aggravation of the devil. And then, I just don't speak to that situation. I think it's important that we speak to Lucifer directly. And I say, I rebuke you, Lucifer, in Jesus' name. Now, the Word of God says Satan trembles at the mention of the name of Jesus. And then I close with this. I say, I order, order our steps, Lord, that your will and your purpose can be accomplished in our lives. That's just a covering that I pray every day Oh, my family, we might miss a day or so here and there, I don't, but not many times. That's just what we do. And I can tell the difference in things. But we must use the Word of God as a sword, actually the, the Bible. Get that Bible and you use it as a sword. You fight that devil. You give him what? You give him the Word of God. You stick him with it. You cut him with it. You hack him with it. You use it as your sword to defend yourself and your family. We just can't leave it on the shelf. We gotta challenge the lion and the bear with it. We gotta teach it to our families. And dad, you need to go in your bedroom, you need to close the door and do some spiritual warfare. That's how you're going to defeat the lion and the bear. You're going to do it without it. And like I said earlier, the lions of the world may look harmless. You know, there's people who've been known to have pet snakes, pet lions, pet tigers, pet 
dog, bulldogs. It seemed harmless, but in so many cases, those pets turn against them because of the nature of that animal. That's just what they are. But we think we can, they think they can, and not every one of them do, but it is in so many cases. And I can tell you about Clyde, he ain't gonna take the chance with having a python in his house. Cause I wouldn't have a wife if I did. But I don't want him in my house. I don't have to worry about what he's doing, who he's gonna try to crawl around and get during the night. I'm not gonna have, this is me. You can have all the pit bull dogs you want, but I'm not having none. I, I love my kids too much. I love my grandkids too much. I'm not going to leave my grandkids in the presence of a pit bulldog because there's just been too many stories. And you may have one that wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt a fly, but I'm not taking a chance. If I think there's a danger there, I'm not, I'm not doing it. In most anything, I, I would rather prevent something than wait until it happens than try to take care of the situation. I mean, I know one time there was a man that had some big dogs running loose in the neighborhood and I was, was growing up. Well, I done got to be a young adult, but there was kids in the neighborhood and I sent word to him, put them up, or I was, was going to take care of them. He put them up. I wasn't taking a chance. It's too late to save a kid after a dog's killed it or any of these stupid things that we people try to befriend that, you know. Clyde's not taking a chance. You know, and that's the reason the scripture says to be sober and be vigilant because some things may seem harmless. We just can't be casual about things we just can't take things for granted. I know we gotta work, you gotta take care of your family, but there's some other things that we spend our time on. We better make sure we take care of the spiritual aspect of a family before we worry about that stuff. I'm gonna take care of my family before I worry about what a hundred million dollar quarterback's gonna do this weekend, I can tell you that. That's me. You do what you want to, but that's, that's me. Well, maybe, no, I shouldn't have said that, I don't know. Maybe some things, a couple of things I said, I shouldn't have said, but this is Clyde. You know, you, you have the option of doing what you want, but I'm not taking a chance. When I was a kid growing up, <coughs> we didn't have a lot, lot, you know, we didn't have a whole lot to play with, you know, we had to make up stuff, you know, rode stick horses and uh, use sticks for bats and hit fishing corks for a ball. Went down in the woods and cut an old gum sap and put a piece of plywood on it, stuck it in the ground for a basketball goal. And every time you shot, the thing just wobbling, shaking, rattling, and rolled, but that's what we had to play with. I was fine with it, didn't didn't matter to me. But, so, Daddy, he, he was going to show us how to trap birds. So he made a little trap and put a stick up on it to hold it up. He put a whole bunch of breadcrumbs on that trap right there and he went off out yonder good ways. 
and you put a few breadcrumbs and come down a little further, put a few more, and then he just started, you know, and the closer he got to the trap, the more he put out. Tied a string on that stick, and we went off right here and hid. And birds come, you know, and they'd light way out there. They'd see them crumbs, they'd, they'd take a peck. Boy, they'd lay that old head up, they'd look around, you know, looking for things. They'd, and after a while, they get so involved in what they're doing, they're not looking up no more. They just going from breadcrumb to breadcrumb. Next thing you know, we're on the trap. Boom, we pull that stick. We got our birds. Most time we let them go, but that just gave us something to do. But we got to be careful. We got to keep our heads up. We can't let the devil bait us with something out here and just, you know, and we just come along and next thing we know, we're done in a trap. I'm going to talk about Nathaniel here a little bit. He didn't know I was going to do this. And, but anyway, if he don't want it in here, we'll take it out. But I had, a, I had to kill a couple of bears and lions one time. And all I can do is give you my experiences. But Nathaniel was dating this girl one time. And I knew, boy, this, this wasn't a good deal. And... Uh, at that time, he was still living with his mother and daddy, some they living with us some, and it was just, his mother and daddy got him with this girl, and it was just kind of a hard situation to, to handle, you know, I just, I didn't like it at all. Got up one morning, early, gonna go pray. I had a bear to kill. And I prayed loud, I didn't care who heard me. I don't know who heard me, who didn't hear me. I prayed against that situation. And it was either that night or the next day, or anyway, real soon after that, Nathaniel broke up with her. And the lion was after him. Then there was another time. And most young boys go through this kind of stuff. They said, we gotta protect them, dads. We gotta, we gotta kill the lions and the bears when they come around. But he said he wanted to move out. And he was still going to Delta, going to college, working. And uh, I knew he wasn't ready to move out. I, and I told him some things. I don't, I don't mind you jumping out of the airplane, but I want you to be sure you got your parachute on when you're jumping right now. I don't think you got your parachute on. I don't want you to crash land. But he was hard-headed and determined, so. I said, okay, you want to be a man, I'll give you all the manhood you want. By this time, he done turned 19, might even been 20, I don't know, but I said, okay. You want to be a man? Well, here's your car note. Here's your car insurance. Here's your phone bill. Just have at it. Well, he's still determined he's going to move out. I said, okay, God's going to put some roadblocks in your path, Nathaniel. Sure enough, that night I went to church, Brother Stroud preached right along that line of, you know, some of you young people think you're big enough and smart enough and old enough to move out when you're not ready for it. I got home and said, Dang, hey, where's your roadblock? He ignored it. I know, I said, okay, you can ignore it, but the next one's gonna be even worse. Gotta put roadblocks in our lives. We can crash through if we want to. And eventually we will crash. So, he, and the situation he was in, I knew where he was going to move, who he was going to be, I knew it wasn't good, so that's the reason I was so dead set against it. 
And um, so I think it was Saturday morning and he was planning on moving out like on Monday or something like that. Everybody had left the house except me and Nathaniel and he left, he was gonna go to the bank. So I, and you know, I had some praying to do. So I had the house to myself. Then I went and I started praying. Got ahead to kill a bear, had to kill a lion. And anyway, when I got in spirit of travail for a long time, <sighs> this is this is how we kill lions and bears. I travailed before the Lord. The spirit came upon me. You know, things you came back. I think I was still praying. Anyway, finally I got what I told him. I said, told me that's what happened. I was in strong travail for you. Strong. That's all right. He was still gonna move out. The next day, he was playing basketball and he broke his hand. He broke a bone in his right in there somewhere in the doctor told us that's the worst bone you can break in your whole body. He said, ain't nothing we can do with it. We can't set it, we can't operate on it, we can't do nothing. He said, if it don't heal back, you could lose use of your hand. If it don't heal back right, or it could give you a lot of trouble down through your life. Arthritis and aching and hurting. So, he wasn't able to move out because he couldn't move and he couldn't have work. And that rocked on off and off for about six weeks, go back to the doctor, ain't nothing changed. Back to the doctor, ain't nothing changed. And finally, wife, she got a prayer cloth stuck inside that little cast there. And, and finally, they went back. And a while later, the doctor said, It's healed perfectly, it's healed completely. It's just perfect. And the doctor told him the first visit he went to, he said, This is in God's hand. He said, I can't do nothing with it. Said, this is up to God. Whatever happens, be it's in God's hand. So anyway, that gave him time to come to his senses and then when after it's all said done, he told me what his intentions were. It would have been a disaster, I can tell you. So the lion actually had him in his mouth just to run off with him. And Hadn't slew the lion and the bear, I guess it would have got him. Anyway, that's how we kill lions and bears, is through prayer, word of God, standing in the gap, fighting. Don't run, fight. Ain't no battle ever been won but running. It's something else the Lord showed me about this, and I ain't never heard it. I don't think I've ever heard it said this way. I may, they may have. I don't know. But the lion and the bear were in David's personal life. That was his private life. That was his personal battles. But when the giant 
came out, it was coming against all of God's people. The nation of Israel. So I guess to us it would represent the church. The giant came against the church. All of God's people. But because David had killed the lion and the bear, he had the faith to take on the giant. He hadn't fought those battles in his personal life. He wouldn't have been any benefit to the church when the battle came. Because he had fought the battles in his personal life, he recognized the giant. He wasn't afraid of that unrighteous thing. He wasn't afraid of that ungodly thing. He wasn't afraid of that evil thing that was coming against the people of God and the nation of Israel, God's people, God's kingdom. And he went and he fought it just like he did the lion and the bear. And he slew that thing. And he saved God's people. And if we're ever going to fight for anything, and I'm going to speak to the dads, you better fight for this church. Because if you don't, there's plenty of stuff out there that devour you, your family, and everything that goes with it. And I know things are going to happen regardless how hard we fight. But the thing is, you never quit fighting. You never give up. Uh, several years ago, I had this dream. I think Dinah done got married, moved out. Just Nathaniel was still at home with me and my wife. He, on one end of the house, we were on the other. Had this dream, this big, strong man. Somehow he got into my house in the night, and he was in the hallway. Well, I couldn't get past him to get to Nathaniel's room because this big guy, he was big. For some reason, my phone wouldn't work. I couldn't call 911. You know how it is in dreams. So I was trying to holler out to Nathaniel. Nathaniel, call 911. Well, I couldn't get his attention. And this dude just looked at me and said, I'm going to just do whatever I want to do. So he challenged me in my house for my family. Yeah, he said, I'm going to do just, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Well, I just said to myself, I got to do something. And I just reached and I grabbed him. And when I grabbed him, he deflated like a balloon and turned into about a five-year-old girl. All those things that look mean and bad aren't as mean and bad and big as they look if you just get a hold of them in the Holy Ghost. The Bible talks about the strong man. When he comes, Daddy, get a hold of him. In the Holy Ghost, with the Word of God and prayer, you wrestle him to the ground. But in biblical days, days of Jerusalem, city with a wall around it. Most cities in that day had walls around it. That was defense, protection. But during the day, the shepherds would take the sheep out into the fields, let them graze and water. But at night, they brought them back in to the city, inside the wall. And there was a certain gate known as the sheep gate. And that's where they brought the sheep in. Then they closed the gate. So, Nothing could get to the sheep. And this is a thought that just came to me just now. 
There might be some gates we need to close. Maybe we got too many gates open. This thing, folks, is this is it's not a casual situation, particularly in the hour and the day in which we live. You're gonna fight or you're gonna lose. It's just as simple as that. But anyway, they were brought within the city walls and the gate closed to protect them. Well, it's night in our world today, folks. Our world is dark. We must get our families inside the walls of the church for safety and salvation. And we gotta be on the alert and the lookout every day for the bear and the lion. For the Bible says they're out there roaming to and fro, looking for whom they can devour. So young people don't get too far away from the church. This is your safety, your protection. None of us need to get too far away from the church. This is our protection. Anyway, Lord bless, I did my best. And um, so have you ever killed a lion and a bear? If you happened, it's time for you to start killing some lions and some bears. God bless.